for another opportunity that you've given to me. Father, I ask that you would just continue to use me as your vessel to speak through me. And whatever you have to say, may your word uh, touch us. May your word change us, bringing us into the place of a closer walk with you. To live for you, to live for you, to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, the last time was, was, was in February that um, I had the opportunity to be up here. Um, <clears throat> the message was on endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And we're going to do our part two on that. The first time we did this, we talked about, um, that's Ephesians 4. So turn your Bibles to Ephesians 4, 2. Um, in February, when we talked about endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit of bond of peace, we um, started off focusing on the, uh, the, the way to do it. And that is uh, leading our life in a life of worthiness. We understood that um, the worthiness has nothing to do with us as believers trying to earn our place or deserve our place in God's favor. But it means that we should recognize how much our, our place in God's favor deserves from us. Amen? And so in that, when we look at it from that perspective, then we're looking at um, not the worth of us, but the worth of the calling that God gave to us. And we understood that this call was just not uh, some individual thing that you say, oh, I'm called to be a pastor and I'm called to do this. And don't misunderstand me, there are those who are called to different uh, giftings that God has given us. But I believe this, this call that Paul was talking about was in inclusive, which was the call for all of us as believers. The ministry of reconciliation. Those of us who have um, accepted Christ and have asked him into our hearts and um, desiring to truly follow him. These are the people that we're talking about. And in that, um, we're learning to live a life that is worthy unto Christ. Because we recognize all that he's done, we recognize all what he sent his son down here to do for us. You know, then from there, we can live from that place in a place of honor, in a place of uh, worthy to be in this place that only God could have put us in. Amen? In our last um, February, we read chapters 1, 2, 3 by the Holy Spirit, and he showed us how he chose us from himself before the world was completed, which was in Ephesians 1 and 4. He showed us in Ephesians 1 and 5 how he predestined us to be his children, and that means that we are heirs. And that all that belongs to him belongs to us. Amen. Whether that's healing, whether that's uh, deliverance, whether that's uh, every yoke being removed and being destroyed, it's done. Amen. He sent Christ to atone our trespasses. That's in Ephesians 1.7. And in 1.13, he sealed us with his Holy Spirit to preserve us forever. Ephesians 2.7, he promised us 
to spend an eternity increasing our joy in immeasurable riches of his grace. And in Ephesians 3.10, he's given us the mission as a church to display his wisdom, even to the principalities of powers in the heavenly places. Or as Ephesians 1.12 says, we are destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory. Amen? So that's just a follow-up of what uh, we, we were able to cover in February on endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. But this time we're going to focus on um, how to maintain it. Amen? So Ephesians 4.1 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling for which you were called, with all loneliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, and here's our, our key scripture, um, which is the message, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Amen? So in Ephesians 4, 3, the way that we lead a, a life of worthiness and a calling to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace tells us how to maintain it. And he tells us by stating here, it's in the unity of the spirit. The unity of the spirit, that's the way. Amen. And then he tells us with loneliness and meekness and patience, forbearing one another in love. But I wanted to talk about unity a little bit because that's how we're going to maintain it, in the unity of the spirit. There's a difference in the world's unity and then the unity of the spirit. It's a whole difference. So I wanted to look at, I said, well, God, what kind of unity that you were asking us to have that's going to bring glory to you? That's going to bring credit to you and the call that you've given unto us, recognizing that this is something that we can't attain on our own. Whereas the world in their unity, they do some stuff and then they bring in their unity. Whereas God, he does things too, but it's by his spirit first. It's a more of an inward thing that he does in us. And the world tells us when they bring the unity, they, it's more of an outward thing. God is more of an inward thing that he's, he wants to change us. That's why he talks about lowliness and meekness. That's why he talks about patience and forbearing one another. That's something that has to transform you on the inside to come on the outside. Amen? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. Because this unity um, is not with our own understanding. It's not something within our own self. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter in the 14th verse. Let me get there. I apologize. Um, 2.14 says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he, which is us, as believers, who is spiritual, judges no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? 
But we have the mind of Christ. It's the Holy Spirit who enables us to have the faith in Christ. It's the Holy Spirit, the one that does the work through us to teach us how to be lowly, how to be meek, how to walk with patience, how to forbear one another in love. Amen? It's the Holy Spirit that brings to us our irrational or our prejudgments, uh, uh, being willing to submit our hearts to Him. It's the Holy Spirit that does that. We can't do that. Amen? Turn with me to Romans 85. These scriptures are, are, are relevant. That's why I want to go to them. As I said before, it is the Holy Spirit that enables us to have faith in Christ. To cry out to Him. To call upon Him. To rely upon Him. Romans 8.5 says, I'm sorry, 8.15, I apologize. Romans 8.15 through 16. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That's the Holy Spirit that enables us to do that. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Amen? Amen. He's the one that gives us the, the, the ability to have patience with one another. He's the one that gives us the ability to for, forbear one another in love. Amen. Amen? To have a common care for each other. It is the Holy Spirit that does that. So our common convictions and, and, and confidence and care are all from the Holy Spirit. Amen? This is what I believe Paul was talking about when he talked about the unity of the Spirit. This is what the unity of the Spirit is. Amen? Amen. Let's go back to Ephesians 4.2. <clears throat> so we can see in this, this is how we can be able to maintain uh, the unity. This is how we are able to maintain uh, the spiritual unity in which God has called us to with the lowliness and meekness. And you know, I, I see these words all the time in the scripture here. And I did, you know, the other, the other day I said, Lord, I mean, you know, we read this and it seems so far from us. You know, what is it going to take? And then I can't ask that for you. I can only ask it for myself. You know, what is it going to take for me? To understand what this mindset, what this heart change you are looking for in your body in order to bring us together to the complete knowledge of your son. What is it? And, uh, and like I said, the only thing I could do is just begin to think of myself and begin to think of, you know, how being called to this place and how that Jesus saved me and how he delivered me. And I've always known this. And for most of us, we've all known this. But what is it that I'm missing? What is it that I'm not seeing? What is it that can prick me to bring me to this place of understanding where my mind it can be renewed to, to put me in a place of loneliness and meekness. And you know what he told me? He said, it's, it's, it's recognizing all that you aren't, Leslie, and all that I am. Amen. 
you you got to know that all that you aren't and all that I am. And I said, okay, God, you know, because in, you know we've been we've been dealt like Pastor John said, we've been injected with this our whole lives uh, to think more of ourselves than we ought to, uh, you know do our best to achieve, to surpass somebody else, to judge ourselves based off of somebody else or other things. And he said, yes, you're going to have to do away with that whole mindset and take on my mindset. And see, when you understand what you're not, then you understand what I am, then that puts you in a place of loneliness, that puts you in a place of meekness, that puts you in a place of depending upon me. I mean, truly depending upon me, because you know that you couldn't have come to me, you couldn't have even been in this place of that I've called you to, except but by me. And when you get that in perspective, when you get that really just not in your mind, but in your heart, and know that it's okay to depend upon me, then you can, you can operate in lowliness. Then you can operate in meekness. Then you can humble yourself. Not thinking that you're more than you are. Not having to approve and, 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 and measure yourself based off of somebody else. But on me. He says, on me. That puts you in the lowliness and the meekness thing. So... Uh, the lowliness and meekness is tied to our disposition. It, it, it is. It's, it's all part tied to the lowliness. Realizing the, the, our, our knowledge of what we think we know is small. It's small. Because God is the one that knows it all. The omni omnipotence one. He's the one that knows everything. You know nothing. You know nothing but what I give you by the Spirit. And this is why it's so important that we learn to live by the Spirit. Because it, the, the Spirit is the only way to God. This flesh is not. It doesn't please God. Matter of fact, he says in Romans, it's an enmity against them. So we have to learn how to lean on the Spirit of God. Rely upon it. And then, you know, he told me about being, he said, I'm omnipotent. That means I'm greater than anything. I'm greater than anybody. But if you can't see that because of your focus on everything else, that's got to be removed. This is what put our mind, this is going to put your mind in the place of lowliness and meekness. Removing all of that. And I know it's a hard thing. I know it's a hard thing, but this is the part that God has already told us we're going to have to do. It's a hard thing to our flesh, but the spirit is willing. He already told us the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. It's willing to press in. It's willing to be lowly. It's willing to be meek. It's willing to do the will of God. It's willing to submit ourselves to what he wants and not what we want. And that's part of the dying for every believer. Every believer. This is part of where our self has to die. And I tell you, when we begin to take on this, just in every little part of our lives, I'm telling you, Him and His Spirit alone will give us the, the, the place of loneliness, will give us the place of meekness. He'll give us the change that we need. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that he's changed us. I know that. 
Yeah, that, that, that's part of that twofold unity that he talks about in 13 and in 3. You know, but the, the, the change he's already done is by having his son come and, 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 and shed his blood and put us in a place where we couldn't have put ourselves that caused us to be able to stand in his presence, that caused us to be able to stand before our brothers and sisters. But the place we have to attain is living this out. Allowing the Spirit of God to live through us all that what he's talking about now. This lowliness, this meekness. <laughs> so it ain't far-fetched. It ain't far from us. It, ain't, it is not unattainable. It is attainable because he said it is. We just got to be able to die. And I'm telling you, when you die, you're going to live. You're going to truly live in him. And all that he's called us, caused us to do. And so we have to take this to be individual because uh, in this relationship, when we stand before him, we're going to stand before him individual. So whatever the, the, that he's given to you that you need to do uh, in, in terms of humbling yourself in the relationships that you're in, because see, this is where it really starts. It starts with the, with the life we live every day. Humbling ourselves in relationships, humbling ourselves with one another. And here we were talking about that common care for one another. Not seeing each other like, you know, ourselves want to see them, see each other, judging each other, each other. But having the grace for one another that Christ has had for us. And that's how he was ministering to me, Leslie. I, 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 I didn't disregard you, even when you fell down. I knew all your frailties, I knew all of your thoughts, I knew all of that, but I didn't, I didn't cast you down, I didn't forget about you, I didn't give up on you, I didn't judge you, I loved you. And this is the common care that we have to have for one another. Loneliness and meekness, it makes you refrain from being uh, self-confident. <laughs> and I know the world has told us that all this stuff is good, I'm telling you. But God is telling us that we got to keep everything in perspective. Because the only confidence you got, or you should have, is in Him. Only the self-assertion that you should have is in Him. Not in ourselves. Only the real self-esteem you should have is in Him. God is our confidence. God is the one who assert Himself someday to vindicate the poor in spirit and make the last first. In the meantime, the man of the loneliness is a servant of all. This is the first stage of love. This is the first stage of love. You know, and just like he's, it, it, it has taken the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see the majesty, the majesticness of who God is and the awesomeness of who God is, this is the same way he's going to open our eyes to see how we need to be lowly in meekness, to walk in the unity of that he's calling us to be. Amen? Patience, forbearing one another. Man. That's the second stage of love. 
I wrote down here, leading a life of worthiness, worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all lowliness and meekness, with patience. Lowliness is a prerequisite of patience. Think about it. Think about that. Lowliness is a prerequisite of patience. Haughty people are not patient. And if we're walking around displaying like we're haughty, it's, it's not of God. It's not what we're needing to take on. And I'm not talking about you, I'm talking to me first. <laughs> it, it, it's just don't have its place in God. And sometimes we can view each other and look at each other like this and God is like, no, I need you to have patience. I need you to forbear them in love, in the grace that I've given to you. The same one. If you have seen the magnificence of God's grace, then you'll know he will give you the strength to wait and will turn all your delays into strategic maneuvers of victories. Forbearing one another, I have here, in love. Another word for forbearing is to be able to endure with each other. Yes. And see, and I say it again, it doesn't come in your own ability. I think this has been one of the biggest problems in the church. We're feeling like when, when the word is telling us what we need to do and how we need to put on and how we need to take off, we immediately start to try to understand this in our mind. We immediately begin to think that we got to do something within ourselves. And the Holy Spirit says, no, I'm the one that does the work through you. I'm the one that does it through you. I bought you with a price. I paid for you. So let me be the one to do it. Let me be the one to do it through you. Go to Colossians 3. This also frees us to think that anyone in the church is perfect. It does, when you're able to forbear one another. Colossians 3.13. I just want to read that. 3.13, are you there? Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. And then, of course, in 14, you know, he tells us, but above all these things, put on love. Yeah, put it on, put it on. Which is what? The bond of perfection. Wow. Which is the, that bond we're talking about, how to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. This is part of it. Bearing one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against one another, even as Christ forgave you, forgive. Forgive. And God is so good because, you know, uh, my family coming out here last week, you know, that was a miracle within itself. Because, you know, we have never been together like that. Never. And so that was uh, a testament of due to prayer and also being able to forgive one another, which will give you the ability to endure each other your differences, 
your misunderstandings, because a lot of them are just that, they're just misunderstandings. Because, you know, we don't have the maturity to go to one another and be able to communicate, to be able to talk to one another. Then we form these preconceived ideas, oh, oh she this, or he that. Oh yeah, it goes on in families. It goes on there deep. But God wants us to forbear each other, forgive one another, to say, hey, nothing matters. That doesn't matter. I love you. I need you. Let's do this. Because the majority of us that are families, we're calling each other's Christians. We're saying we all believe, but we ain't acting like it. We don't want to forbear nothing. We don't want to forgive nothing. We want to hold on to things. And God is saying, for you to really have the unity, for you to really know what this means, because endeavoring means to do whatever it takes. So we got to humble ourselves to do whatever it takes to keep that bond, to keep that unity of peace. And it just doesn't start in church, but it's going to have to start in our families. That's why I said that. You know, one of the things I remember Pastor John saying, this was a while back. Uh, over here, we had a Bible study on Thursdays when we were having it over here on Sunday meet. And one of the things that, I don't know, I, don't, I can't, what it really means to be in Christ Jesus. That was the message that he spoke on. But one of the things that stuck out to me, he said one day, he says, by the Spirit of God, and I knew it was by the Spirit of God, that he says, don't ask your people on the outside who you are. Ask your family who you are. Ask somebody who really know you, who you are. And boy, that stuck in my mind so, so deep, it really did, you know? Um, what would they say about you? Because a lot of the people that we deal with are outside folks, you know? Or people that, you know, maybe around us that we may, you know, socialize with. But get somebody who really knows you and ask them who you are. Don't be offended, but ask them who you are. <laughs> because it, it, you know, because it starts there. You know, a lot of us have been in families where there were, you know, just like I said, a lot of division. And God wants to mend those divisions. He has to, in order for us to be effective to go out and do the work that he's called us to do or that he's left us here to do, we got to be able to be effective there in, in, in order for us to then be able to be effective here, you know. Amen? The focus in verses 2 and 3 is not so much of how to maintain our common conviction or our common confidence. Those are assumed as basis as the focus is on how a group of imperfect people can preserve a common care for each other. And this is the ultimate thing that God wants to reach. He wants us to have a common care for each other. And again, this causes for each of us to die in our own way as the Holy Spirit speaks to us and tell us about our attitude as the Holy Spirit speaks to us and tell us about uh, you know holding on to things and, and, and not being able to release them amen the man that is walking in lowliness cannot easily or quickly be retaliated when he is wrong he knows that before God he doesn't deserve anything better. And he knows that if he in returns evil from evil, he would be saying to God, you are fool for being patient with me and enduring my sin and returning good for my evil. 
and that would bring far more disgrace and discredit upon our high calling than all these other petty sins that we run around and try to put in place to say, oh, this sin is bigger than this one, and this sin is bigger than that one. You know how we do. So I wrote this, therefore let us not be puffed up, but lowly and meek. And let us not be impatient or resentful, but long-suffering and forgiving. Then the unity that Christ died to create will become real in our church and it will not bring a disrupt upon the great God who called us to his kingdom and to his glory. Amen. And see, in order for you to understand this, then you got to understand that the call is greater than you that he's called us to. This is about the will of God being done in each of our lives. This is about God getting everything out of us, what he left us here for. And I'm so thankful and grateful to him every day that he didn't leave me ignorant of this. Man, because, you know, I've been in church for a long time. But the revelation of his word and who he is, uh, it becomes more enlightening than it has ever before. It has changed my life. And my hope and my prayer is that it changes your life. And that we all come to the, to the place of where he wants us to be. That we can be fit for his use. Amen. This is about being fit for his use. Amen. This is not church as usual. But this is about our lives being who he said it is. And that we must live this out now. This is the part that we got to attain. See, there's a, there's a part we got to maintain. The common care, the confidence in Christ, the love for one another. This is the part we got to maintain. This is the part that he's given us. But the part we got to attain is living this out. And I'm sorry, but we haven't arrived there yet. And this is his cry. This is his heart to us. To get there. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Because there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all. Who is above all, through all, and in you all. Man, and he has given each one of us a grace according to the measure of Christ. Man. So he placed us all here in this place for us to walk in unity. God bless you. That's up. That's it. Bow your hands with me. Father, we just thank you for another, another chance that you've given us today to embrace a part of your character a part of who you say we are and I don't want to use the term supposed to be but I want to say who we are because I believe that this is a place that you've called us to attain this is a place that you have called us to be 
So Father, by the power of your spirit, and just what we've read and just what we've understood, God, let us take hold. Let us put on lowliness. Let us put on meekness. Let us put on the forbearance for one another, the endurance for one another. Let us endeavor to do this. Paul said, I plead with you. And God, you're pleading with us. That you're wanting us to come up. You're wanting us to come out. You're wanting us to be free. And to walk in that freedom just as you have given to us. So Father, I pray that you just remove us out of the way ourselves. That we may live in and through you, oh God, by your spirit. Help us. We need you. We need you. We've already understood, God, that this work or this, this place that you're calling us to, it can only be done through your Holy Spirit. So, Father, we're asking and we cry today that you will complete and do the work that needs to be done in us. With all of your omnipotent power, with all the greatness of who you are, thank you, Lord, for another chance. Thank you, Lord, for another opportunity. The opportunity is given to us every day to change. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.